Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. The way I understood the tooth fairy was that when your tooth fell out, you put your tooth under your pillow. And, we'll, and then at some point, the tooth fairy left what would you get? some money. What would you get? Like a, like a quarter? Yeah, the dime or a quarter. Yeah. Now now I think I gave my kids a dollar or something. So, like with infl- what is it, about $400 right now? Yeah, with current inflation. Uh, yeah, no. Well, a Kruger end. But I think. But he, he has no concept of money. So, right, right. now he's counting <laughs> coins. So, he's, he's, give him shop credit. He's super, yeah, shop credit. <laughs> uh, but it, it expires at the end of 2022. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Shop credit. That's what you tell your kids, right? <laughs> You know, I know you lost a tooth. I know you ate it. Yeah. But we're going to give you shop credit anyway. It's a good deal for you. <laughs> Better than glassware. Yeah. You don't need the glassware. Uh, my congratulations to Andy Poli and his entire family. Yes. On the birth of their granddaughter, Eliza Cantor. Very lovely. Lovely picture and all of that. Andy Poli's daughter had a baby and Andy is a grandfather for Great the first name. time. Eliza. It's very lovely. Eliza Doolittle is what you always think of if you're of a certain age. Uh, that was, um, what's the name of that show? My Fair Lady. Oh, Eliza that's right. Doolittle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nats finally win last night. Kyle Finnegan with a five-out save after Sishek. He stinks. He, he should not be allowed in any games. He loads the bases with nobody out. Gets an out. They bring in Finnegan. Gets a five-out save, which means he'll be traded within three days. showcase game. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody, yeah. somebody who needs a, a, yeah. a reliever, Don't get an eighth-inning guy or ninth-inning guy, is going to... Get Kyle Finnegan. I think we know that. A couple of those did last you, outs look like they were going out. Yeah. Did you see? Yeah, but they didn't. They really they didn't even get to the track. I know. It, it looked like off the bat, oh, my God, it's a home run. Soto was trying to retreat into the bleachers. It must okay. have felt like a home game because no one was there. Yeah, nobody was. Well, Arizona, nobody goes to that. Did you see that Bumgarner apparently is, is very upset with At the Robles. Robles. Yes. For, yeah. Well, this is what that's Bumgarner's move. That's you see okay. what Robles did? He put on a clown, yeah, a clown, clown nose. nose. I think that's funny. <laughs> well, he's the face of the franchise. Yeah. Right now he is, yeah. yes. It's a clown show, <laughs> that's funny. bro. Uh, yeah. Summer schedule, I want to talk about this. We're gonna, we did, we've done a lot of shows in July. We've done three a week in July. We're going to try and finish July with three a week. We're going to try, but August is going to be more hit and miss. I mean, I'm going to take a few days off here and there. Michael's going to go with his family on a trip. And so it's August is going to be hit and miss. We'll do the best we can because I like doing the show. I just don't want anybody to think, you know, like in the old days, we took July and August and we didn't do anything. But we're not doing that now. We're going to try and do as the many old days as we did can. five a week. Yeah. So we don't do that anymore. Played uh, Avenel with Finn on Saturday. Um, How Finn was that? Of Pineapple Landscape. Yeah, Finn's a good player. Is he? He's a yeah. club champ. Yeah. Finn's a good player. Really? Yeah, yeah no Finn idea. Was, Finn's Hits a good, it hard. Yeah. Wow. Finn's a good player. So I had a lot of fun playing with Finn. Did you pull a Sergio? What is a Sergio? Do you remember when he's left of number, I think it was number 11, the long, uh, long par four, where he's in the weeds looking for his ball going, I can't wait to leave this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tour. Okay. That's yes. right. That's right. That's right. I lost six or seven balls. Avenel is long and it's hard. And Avenel, Avenel grows the rough. I mean, they really grow the rough. And if you hit it errantly, you're done. And there's a lot of spots in Avenel where you, there is fairway and then the fairway ends and then there's rough and then the rough ends and then there's fairway. And if you don't clear and I didn't clear, you sl- I lost six or seven balls. But some of this is from the tournament they held at the end of May. Yeah, they you have grow it. the rough up and then you can't just you chop can't it just all chop down. it down. So um, I, I played the par threes well, I will say that, but I didn't do very much else well. But it was really hot. Thank God for carts. It was like 95 degrees. Yeah. And Finn and I were out there. And we moved pretty good. We were only a twosome. We moved pretty good. 
we were behind a threesome that was very slow, and they were very slow because there was a solitary player in front of them. And, Michael, I've always been under the impression that the person with the least rights in the world is a single on a golf course. Correct. And that they kept waiting for him, and they were slow themselves. They were really grinding. They must have had a lot of money on it. You know, so it took about 4.15 or something like that. But I, And it was really hot, but I really enjoyed myself. But with carts, you think there's enough natural there's breaks. breaks where you, there's breeze. Well, there's breeze, but you think there's enough natural breaks where that single can just wave the two groups up. Never happened. Never happened. Hmm. Um, so that was nice. And, and I, I'm grateful to Finn for that. But I, the, I wanted to just talk about this one small thing that is just killing me. Squirrels are eating my tomatoes. I go out in the morning on the deck. And it's, again, this is my fault for not wrapping the plants in some sort of mesh, not insisting Michael do this. And let's say I have 30 tomatoes growing. Every day there's two less. And, they, and let me tell you exactly what they well, do. Well, they never get ripe is the issue. Right. A squirrel grabs a tomato, sits up, takes two bites of the tomato, and in my case, deposits it on the top row of the deck as a taunt. <laughs> they are taunting me. It's a signature. Squirrels are taunting me. <laughs> yeah, now it's this personal. particular squirrel family. I saw a squirrel on the deck yesterday, two days ago. I didn't know if this was the one that was eating, but I went after him with, you know, one of those things you clean the grill with. Mm-hmm. And that squirrel took off and dove, dove off the deck into a tree. But the next day dropped two more. <laughs> yeah. And my my peppers, and I I understand it's my fault. My peppers aren't working. They just aren't working. The blossom end rot situation. The blossom end rot and softness throughout, and and they're not working. Now, so how's the how's the hammer's uh, bean sprout? Well, it doesn't have any fruit. It just grows. It's invasive, and, though. It, it's terribly invasive. It grows and grows and grows. But if it yielded a green bean or two, I wouldn't feel as bad. It, it doesn't. It clings to you just like the hammer himself. So what do we do about that? I'd let it let it roll. You know. It's, so I, I've had another wasted year. And I love doing it. I, I don't get angry or anything like that. I love doing it, but I get... It yeah. So how much, do you, how much do you think you're spending at Norman's Farm Stand? Oh, well, tomatoes are five bucks each at, at Norman's. You know, the uh, heirlooms are probably four or oh, five Oh, you can't dollars. afford heirlooms. Yeah, no I, one can. So, by I, the way, heirloom, do you like heirloom tomatoes? Sure, love them, yeah. Only get the purple and green ones. They used don't to be ever called get ugly the tomatoes ones. when I was a kid. That's right. The, the purple ones, particularly the ones that are green and purple, are fabulous. Finished with a little great. sea salt? Yeah, it tastes great. Oh, Himalayan mountain yeah. sea salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little Himalayan pink sea salt yeah, is always the sea, good. the pink. So how many, how many tomatoes have you been able to harvest? Zero. You've got, you've got none? Zero. So the squirrels are just... Zero. They're terrorizing the tomatoes. The tomatoes refuse to grow because they don't want to be eaten by the squirrels. And so I, I take the half-eaten tomato and I throw it into the bushes where I'm sure it's eaten by rabbits. Sure. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure there's an entire ecosystem the circle of life. that I'm feeding. This yes. is all part of the master plan from the deer to get you away from the daylilies. Yes. You know, have yeah. you thought about getting a langa monkey to sort of, you know, stand guard no, over everything? because they, you know... They, they bring their own problems? They do. <laughs> they do. But I'm being taunted by squirrels. Yeah. And they're placing them yeah, just on <laughs> the deck, the top, you know, what do they call that? It's not a rung. The, the railing? The, the top shelf. Yeah, the railing. 
The rail—they're placing it yeah. there. Here you go. You they're can see this. They're doing it deliberately. They're saying, "I want you to see this. Look what I've done to you again." When you were asleep, I did it again. I'm going to do it again tonight. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. You're not going to have any tomatoes. None. Zero. It's a vendetta. So you're going to go full Jeter on this? I don't, I don't. I don't remember just what you said. I remember what you were wearing and when you said it. You know, <laughs> just it's just it's awful for me. It's absolutely awful, and I don't know what to do about it. All right, we have a, uh, we actually have a show that I'm looking forward to. We have Wilbon at another AAU tournament, this one in Virginia Beach, as he moves north. He was at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina last week. Now, Virginia Beach, Virginia, this week. They've skipped North Carolina, apparently. Only a matter of time till he has his own team. So, yeah, oh, yes. the Wilbon traveling. Yes. What was it? The Bingo Long Traveling Roadshow. Was that a movie, a baseball movie a long, long Wilbon's time ago? America. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Wilbon. And then Tim Kirkchen's going to join us. And he was inducted into the Hall of Fame this week. And we know that Tim is a very emotional guy. And I'm, I just think that Tim describing being inducted into Hall of Fame would be great. Uh, you know. Do you think he stayed at the Mohican Motel? I stayed at the Mohican Motel once in my life with my parents. It was a disaster. I hope he stayed at the Otisaga, and I hope he played golf at Leatherstocking. I hope he did that, and I hope he had drinks at the veranda. Remember, what was it, Tom Tom Turkey? The Tom Turkey dinner. Yeah. Was, and you get that one table in the back corner. In the back. That's, you know, it's a great hotel. It is. So we'll take a break, and Wilbon will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Jay Johnson. Liz just got back. She's being very quiet as if we don't need the noise here. We got a <laughs> baby with us. So, we do. You know, very adorable baby We got as baby well. Reed. It doesn't have teeth yet. The captain can't roll over yet. I don't know why. Anyway, Jay Johnson, <clears throat> I got a real kick out of hearing my old friend Dan Corey's story of our younger days on the show, so I had to write in. As it, uh, all the popular modern saying goes the two popular modern saying goes i do not recall these events they got drunk or smoked cigars on they, they stuck field. onto the football field at their high school at, at midnight very high school yes yeah that's smoking what cigars did. i think yeah i did want to share two more songs from my newest album four quartets which came out july 15th it's called something about you it's a love song inspired by my lifelong love of 1960s rock my friend Mandy clauser drummed and engineered and i sang and played the rest and it plays in michael wilbon and Wilbon, last time we had Wilbon, it was tremendous because all we talked about was the Myrtle Beach AAU and Wilbon's first experience with his child in an AAU setting. Not everybody has an AAU setting, but everybody's got a setting, a sports setting. Everybody's got that. Now he's a veteran because he was just at Virginia Beach. So let us do what we would do in high school at St. Ignatius, where one of the brothers would say, compare and contrast <laughs> Myrtle Beach and Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah, Tony, as you know, I'm not a beach guy. You're a beach guy. <laughs> right. You know, you like the beach. I, I'm not. I'm not that. I would never go to beaches on my own. 
So, you know, whether it's Myrtle Beach or Virginia Beach, I'm there because of the tournament, because of the AAU tournament. And it was it's all eye-opening to me because I, I, I should have known. But, you know, I grew up in a, in a different age. Matthew constantly asked, well, what was this like? What did you do? What was, you know, what, what happened when you played? Didn't I mean, there were this. never these enormous festivals. No, they, no, never. Tony, you know what? You and I should have invested in a warehouse in Rockville 25 years ago. And then you, you, you make sure it's got a big roof. And you, put, you spend the money to put hard courts in, like 20 of them, I had 10 of them. And basically, people are on them yeah, seven the days a week, and particularly the weekends. Whether it's Myrtle Beach or Virginia Beach, and whether you're Atlanta, you know they got this peach jam going on, you know. And so it's it's just amazing to me that this goes on at the level it does, and it's just one region. I mean, the the, the people populating this event. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, well, yeah, I could say largely from the DMV. Because you wind up, one of the games Matthew's team winds up playing is against kids they already know, and they're all from here. And you've gone to Virginia Beach to play. You've gone four hours to play, or you play in Myrtle Beach, or you play God knows where. And so this Peach Jam is going on in Atlanta, and that's huge news. And I think the teams that really played well there were from this area, too. And you're just like, this is just one place. What about yeah. this? This is going on in Southern California. It's going on in the Midwest. It's, God knows it's going on in New York, Philly, Boston. There's a team from Boston. A guy said they had just traveled. They had played in Pennsylvania. And then they'd come down to Virginia Beach. He was from Boston. He knew people, sports writing yeah. people that you and I know. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's just amazing to me that the world is this now. And that's, by the way, that's just one sport. What about all the kids playing soccer? And, you know, Matt Kelleher seems like he's gone to one of these every week. What about the kids playing, you know, lacrosse, which is, uh, that is mostly mid-Atlantic. But it's increasingly across the country, too. So, so I, should, just, I should just explain to people that this is, this is an age-divide circumstance. If you are my age, if you're 50, 60, 70, whatever, maybe even 40, you never had this. When I was a kid, if you were, a, first of all, and this is probably different where you were, Mike, because you were actually in a city. I was near a city. I was on Long Island where you needed a car. If you were a good basketball player, you needed to wait till you had a license or a friend of yours had a license so that you could go from your town to Rockville wow. Center to Hickey Field, wow. which is where all the good players on the south, south shore of Nassau County played. Hickey Field uh -huh. at night in the summer. But there were no organized leagues. You just went there and there were pickup That's games. Right. And if you won, you kept the court. You did That's have right. Little League. You had Little League and maybe there'd be some tournament. But nobody got on a plane and no. went somewhere. No. This no. And, and I just, we just had this conversation at dinner last night after the event ended that it, it, it was Little League. Everybody played. Yeah. You, you played Little sure. League. You played organized Got a uni. baseball. And I went further than that. Crestwood but Dairy, baby. Sports. I pitched for Crestwood Dairy in Lindbrook. Yeah. Okay. See, yeah. You, you, you played the other sports in their time. Yes. And I was talking yes. about, you know, this is amazing to, because they do this all year round. You know, Matthew said to me last night, Dad, I, I, want, to, I want to go get some shots up. I'm like, shots up. We did, you just played. You just spent five days doing this thing. 
Yeah. But this is the this is the world they live in. Yeah. And the next, all sports, you know, the caravan moves to the next place. All sports, um, and everybody's got their own thing. And and you know, again, yeah, you mentioned that we're of a certain age. We're of a certain age where we played everything. We didn't yes. just obsess over this one thing three hundred days a year. And I, no, I hate it. No, and it's not going to change. I can't change it. No, and, no. and you know, yeah, fathers and grandfathers and people who are older hate it. But that's the lives that we. Those it's, are the lives okay. we live, not the lives they live now. That's right. This is the current way that sports are conveyed, and the thing that we all who are older miss the most is in your neighborhood. Like I literally, when I was 10 or 11 years old, there was a vacant lot two blocks away, and we literally made a baseball field. We did that, and that's where we played. And you didn't come from more than 10 blocks away. What are you talking about? You You didn't say to your parents, yeah, we have hockey travel team, let's go four in the morning. What? (laughs) We didn't have that. So let me get... Cheryl and I were saying... We were so glad that he didn't gravitate toward hockey or swimming. Oh, oh those you are the two go. things where every morning somebody's up that, and driving right. at 5 a.m. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Which, by the way, Virginia Beach and Myrtle Beach, two beach towns, which was more of a dump in your opinion? <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble with anybody. I, I, I will tell you this, Tony, after being worried about Virginia Beach, you know, they have a property that was built in 1927 that was about to be torn down. It's called the Cavalier, and it was about to be torn down. And somebody bought it and said, "No, let's restore. This is a this is a stunningly beautiful place." And they made a stunningly beautiful hotel out of this. Again, nineteen twenty-seven. I'm pretty sure the right. date was maybe it was thirty-seven. Right. I think it was twenty-seven. And it's called the Cavalier, and Marriott now is is only you know is the brand of it. And you're like, my God, this this place is beautiful, and it's on the it's on the beach. But you know, this is a slice of Americana, as I you know tease my wife, who is a beach person like you. Um, I, I, you know, I don't need it. <laughs> I don't. I don't need it. I don't seek it out. Um, but it, it is beautiful, and they you know they create a beach club, and it's on the ocean. It's. It's it's all you know very nice. You can find these sorts of places. You go from fourteen Waffle Houses on a block, yeah, yeah, to you know a stunning place where where people spend their time and lots of money to go, and you have to find them. And I, again, I don't know anything about them. Don't seek them out. Uh, but this is a way of life tone that I'm not familiar with. I, I'm just so not. W- when you go when you're the father of one of the players on the team. Do you eat with the team? Do yeah, you live yeah, with the team, team, or is the team separate? This, this is, and this is great for me and for us. Um, yeah, we, we often ate with the, the, the other parents of the players, of the teammates. Really nice people, that you, including a couple of neighbors. And one of our neighbors who lives four houses away. Who we, you know, and, 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 you know, she's, she's an army vet who had a tour in Afghanistan and a tour in Iraq and played point guard at West Point. A real athlete, a real basketball wow. player, and, and a wonderful neighbor who, you know, we just get to know. And so you have friends and, and you, have, you have people, you know, teammates, parents, and, and in some cases, a couple of cases, neighbors. And yes, you're happy to have meals, multiple. While the guy and the kids are very tight, one of the one of the great things about Matthew's team, the program he's in, Prospect U, and you know, look, 
I'm sure that there are people, not just listening, but people in the studio with you who know all these teams and all these programs and team takeover and people have 14 under teams, 15 under, 16 under, 17 under, under the same banner. And you get to know them. And the, the cool thing about this in the two weekends I've had this with these trips is that they, they, it's just the kids are great. They're just great. And you, and you really like and appreciate the parents that can hang out with them and do hang out with them. Uh, and that, and you look forward to that interaction. And I, you know, I haven't had, and I'm the oldest parent by far. You, you'd be, you, you'd laugh at the number of ref, a referee comes up to you. First of all, the guy screams out "La cheeserie before the game. That's so great. <laughs> so right? great. So the the referee says to me, and you know, you know, Cheryl standing nearby. I'm not sure she heard or not. She said, "Oh, you're here to see your grandson." No, punk. I'm here to see my son. And so the guy then starts laughing, and he says, yeah, well, you and I are in the same boat. I got a six-year-old. I said, you got a six-year-old? You're older than me. And then, you know, it's it, it just this, you know, stuff like this that goes on that, you know, you, 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 I'm, I'm a parent. I, I'm going to get recognized and, and have the people think sure, I'm Matthew's grandfather, which, of course, I could be. It's wonderful. And, yeah. you know, it's just it, the, whole, the whole thing, it's, again, it's, it's something that I'm late to. Um, and all of you, look, you've been through it. Kelleher laughs at me because Kelleher has been through it with, he's in the middle of it with three kids. I don't yeah. know how people, we have, I mentioned a neighbor, she has four sons. You know, parents, parents, you know, have to divide. It's zone defense that yeah, the parents that's... have to employ to get their kids to all of these games. I'm talking to a, a father who says, oh, yeah, my kid went, to, I got four sons who went to Gonzaga. This is the fourth one. And they're there for these games, and these, and they travel all over. And it it goes on for, it seems like it goes on for, it doesn't go on for decades, but it goes on for a great many parents for years and years and years. And I'm just in yeah. year one. You yeah. Know, do, do, you do, like, do you do any tourism? Do you do any tourism, or is it strictly basketball? No. Do the kids no, go out and see Tony, whatever's this, important? Again, this is different than you and me and how we grew up. We grew up where you managed the games yourself per day, and maybe you stayed all day, but you didn't. You weren't anywhere outside of your circumstance. Now yeah. you can have a game at eight thirty in the morning and another one at two in the afternoon. You can we, you can have a game at two in the afternoon and again at six. So and you don't even know. We, we we ran into parents who didn't even know what time they got in the car that morning and drove to Virginia Beach from Potomac. We see one parent at breakfast because he didn't know until the night before at 11 p.m. when his kid's team was playing. Yeah. So again, I don't know how much different that is from what you experienced, you know, with Michael and Lizzie and, and, and your sports parent life. I don't know how much this has evolved. In golf the last is golf. Yeah, golf years. is golf. You get to the course early, you play. It's you different. Know, golf baseball. is. What was that? I mean, how, well, how baseball. I mean, that? no, they know what they're supposed. They have a schedule in baseball, and they get into the regionals, and there's a schedule, and it's really very professionally done. Tell me about the parent who got arrested. This is the best it, story of all. Well, you know, I've gotten texts from people from my you know, friends and, and friends in coaching and friends who because everybody's done this and so they're having great fun now that I'm an old man doing this and what the texts always say and I, 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 I mentioned to you it's, it's certainly not you know inside baseball that I got one of these from Doc Rivers who was saying I did this with four kids I've seen every yeah. hotel 
in every gym in America. And I'm glad I'm glad you're having to do this now. This makes me laugh. And Doc says, and the parents the parents are crazy. And and again, I talked about how much fun a lot of the parents are that you get to know and you you like hanging out with. You know, you're in a game, and an opposing parent just runs on the court toward the end of the game and grabs your point guard. <laughs> an opposing parent, this. a grown man. Can't do this. Uh, and, yeah. and you're like, what? And so luckily, I mean, you know, very quickly, you know, and I'm one of them, you know, three people are off the sideline. It's more than that, probably. But there's video. There's video of it. People have called to ask me about it already. Text it. Text me about it. And this guy just, you know, grabs the point guard, our point guard. Grabs our kid, a 14-year-old. And so... You know, luckily, you know, there's security there, and there's security from the people who run the tournament. And then the police have to come, and they wind up taking the guy away, which is exactly the right thing to do. So you see all, you see mild-mannered parents, but you see crazy parents. You just do. And you see parents who are probably really nice people who are nuts for, for an hour. And, yeah. then, you know, and, you, and you like, how invested are they in this, and what else are they invested in? Are they invested in the stuff that ought to matter more, more deeply? Because I, I don't know how much energy they can have left for that. I mean, Tony, you see draft night in every sport. You see, and these parents have, yes, there's been great expense. There's been great sacrifice. They put their own lives on hold to do all this. I, I understand the emotional nature of it. For some people who don't have the money, they just don't have it. They have to generate it. And so the level of emotional investment in these kids and in these tournaments and in these games is extreme to a level that ain't healthy. Let me just that, – yeah, that's, no. that's my opinion of this. And we see Did it. You see, you see it on – what's that? You, you, you've got you, – your son Matthew is in the 14 and under, right? He's in the yeah. 14 and under. 15 and Do under you in see, team, but yeah. Yeah. Do you see many, if any – Kids, where you say that's a D one player? Yes, y'all go. Yeah, few. okay. Yeah, but his okay. team, but his his program. I mean, the coach. You know, <laughs> I told you last, like it was two weeks ago. I mean, the the, the program is known regionally. It's known right. beyond that because Tony, they're college scouts at these games. Well, there's one be. kid on Prospect U who's just a hell of a player, and you, there's coaches there. I'm talking about, by the way, coaches you and I know. Coaches you and well, I have known who've walked this up to This is where you today. should recruit them. You should. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're good. And, so, and, and they're, yeah. they're, they're so well coached. That's part of it. The college yeah. coaches are, are, are on the scene. And so, yes, so parents, are, they know that scouts are there. Now, the scouts aren't really looking at it. They're, they're games called showcase games that come before the tournament where the scouts are there and the kids just go out. And they're the 15-year-old. They're not looking at the 14-year-olds yet. Well, right. They can be. They actually, you know what? That's not true. Matthew described to me last night a kid who throws down a windmill jam in a game. Okay. Yeah, By the way, there's one or there's two kids, kids like on that. his team. He's out there in the timeouts practicing throwing lob passes to a kid who's 6'10. 6'10. So, so, yeah. So, yes, there are kids that stage on the court. And their teammates watching them. So he's in a 15 and under game, but there's a 16 and under team and a 17 and under team. So and where, those, where's are next kids week? Who are going to play division one. Right. Paul the sixth in, in Fairfax. Paul the sixth 
they got how many kids do we see from that school at like Duke last year, Division One kids? So they're all playing in the summer. You're going to see them play if you go and you follow high school basketball. And I don't anymore. You and I are out of that business no. for forty years. Yeah. But these kids, whether they're going to Gonzaga, Paul the Sixth, that you can name all the schools locally. Damascus got to say. First of all, do you know whose name is on some of these teams? How about Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant uh, has a team. Yeah, I, but I, I, under, I understand. He has multiple you, teams. Do you have a next week? Is there a, a tournament <laughs> next week? There's no, there's no next week. This is done okay. for the moment. Okay. For but the as one, you find out, it's never actually done. Right. No, they keep going. They keep they playing. Keep going. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I, again, this is, this is it's interesting. And again, Jacksonville Beach. You get more yeah, lawful I hear, houses. I hear just parents <laughs> who we know who get the biggest kick out of this and, you know, telling me, this is what you've got. Yeah. This is it. This is what I've got. This is what we've all got. If your kid, you know, plays any sport on an organized level, and this is not what you and I had. And it is a, no. again, no, it's you not. know, it's a, it's a revelation on some level. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Be all right, good. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, we'll take a break. Tim Kirkchen joins us when we return. Probably from a car. We hope that the connection Hall is Hall of good. Famer, Tim Cook. That's right. Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. One more time, this is Jay Johnson, who's really good. This is a song called On My Way. Is that the song, right? On yes, My Way? I believe it's On My Way. He writes, it starts the travel section of the album, was inspired by several solo cross-country road trips. Song celebrates giving into wanderlust and going on a life-changing adventure. I will say from personal experience, there are a few things more humbling than driving alone in a fully loaded car through the desert at sunset, approaching mountains you must cross to reach your destination, not having passed another human for over an hour when your check engine light decides it's a good time to pop on. That's a harrowing six hours, to say the least. Jay Johnson's really good. Michael, if people like Jay Johnson want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. And for the record, the captain's size, well above average, and his physical development, where it needs to be. So thank you. But no he's teeth. A, he's a big five-week-old. five, five week old. But no teeth, and he can't roll over, and he can't balance a ball on his nose. A seal could at five <laughs> weeks old. I'm just I'll telling get a, you. I'll have a seal <laughs> next time. Let's try and do that. <laughs> Tim Kirkton joins us. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. The, base, the You know what? There's only one. If you're a sports fan, let's, let's be clear about this. And I made a living writing columns, and I know all sports. There's only one. When people say the Hall of Fame, there's one. It's in Cooperstown, New York. It's the Baseball Hall of Fame. That must have been great. Can you describe what, what the weekend was like? Can you describe what your responsibilities were and, and what you did? Well, it was certainly the most overwhelming, overpowering, greatest weekend of my entire life. We determined that late, late last night when it pretty much ended. Tony, yesterday I got on the bus to go over to the induction for the players. I had been honored, not inducted the day before, but now I was going over to the induction. There 
was one seat left on the bus sitting next to me, and Sandy Kofix came over and said, can I sit next to you? Oh, my God. So oh, my God. Wasn't, so I sat next to Sandy Koufax for 15 minutes on the ride from the hotel to the induction area. And it was like the coolest thing ever. And you know how much I love basketball. And, you know, Sandy can be a little reticent to talk about things. So I just asked him how much he likes watching basketball these days. And I talked to him for 15 minutes about basketball. He talked, he showed me again how big his hands are, how long his arms are. This is why he was such a great pitcher, but also such a great basketball player. So not only did I sit next to Sandy Koufax, I talked to him about my second favorite sport, basketball instead of baseball. It was breathtaking. I'm not sure that anybody will know this, and there are so many people so young that they won't even appreciate it. Sandy Koufax was going to go to the University of Cincinnati and play in the backcourt with Oscar Robertson. That's how good a basketball player he was, which I'm sure you know, Tim, but um, Sandy Koufax was great. Even that, Tony, wasn't the highlight, if I may, of the weekend. After I made my speech, which I I barely got through, it was... After I made my speech, Johnny Bench, this is going to be very self-serving, Johnny Bench came up to me and said, come with me. And he took me out onto the veranda of the Otisaga Hotel. And there was nobody out there except for me and Johnny. And he said, I want you to sit in this chair, and I'm going to sit right next to you. And he said, I want you to look out at that lake for one minute. I don't want you to say a word. I want you to just look, and I want you to think about that you are now a Hall of Famer. I want you to think about how you got here and all the people that helped you get here. Just sit and look at the lake for one minute. And I started to cry as I'm sitting next to Johnny Bench. This is the greatest catcher of all time. This is a ritual that he does with the players. Every year, he makes the first-timers sit down, not say a word, look at the lake, and just remember how you got here. And then he did it with me. That was just about as good as it gets. So I have many times in my life stayed at the Otisaga Hotel, and many times on this show, uh, and I've brought my children with me to the Otisaga Hotel. Michael has been to the Otisaga Hotel, and I've told them many times, you sit on the veranda and you look out at that lake which is, I think, Lake Atsigo. And you look at that, and there's no more wonderful place that you could ever be in the entire world. Tell you something else about Johnny Bench. There's an uphill par four on the leather stocking course, and there's a plaque 357 yards out from the tee, and it says, Johnny Bench's drive landed here. And this is before the, you could get a stealth driver that could give you 20 <laughs> extra yards. Did, cause, now, you're not a go- are you a golfer? Did you play the leather stocking course? Well, I don't play much anymore, Tony. I used to be a 10, but it's been a while. And yes, I have played the leather stocking course, but not this time. Because, A, I had way too much to do, and, B, I would have been far too nervous to play the golf course. But it's great. And I talked to John Smoltz about Johnny Bench's favorite, uh, famous drive. And John Smoltz, who shot minus four here the other day, told me uh, Johnny swears he didn't hit the cart path with that drive. (laughs) 257, kids. (laughs) 
357 yeah. on an uphill bar four. Yeah, and yeah. Tony, as you know, anyone who's ever shaken hands with oh, Johnny Bench would then mitts. say those hands are capable of hitting a golf ball 357 yards. Big mitts. So tell us about your speech. How long did you work on it? What, you know, what was it? How long did it take? Well, I worked on it for five months. I memorized it. I did it 200 times, literally sure. 200 times. I, uh, it was 14 minutes long, but in the end, it was about 16. I don't care how terrible this sounds. I never looked down. I said, I'm going to talk to these people instead of read this thing. So I memorized the 16-minute speech because I did it 200 times to make sure that I got it right. I've never in my life been more nervous about anything than when I walked up to that podium. But I got a laugh early on, a Johnny Bench story, and that pretty much set me free, and it turned out well, at least from what the people who saw it said. I have to say this, I mean, and my son will nod in agreement. I do exactly the same thing. I write the speech. I memorize the speech. I practice it out loud because I don't want to have to read it. I want the eye contact. Anytime, now, my speeches are not that long, and my speeches are, at least they try to be funny. I mean, I'm going for laughs, and when I hear the first laugh, I, I usually feel pretty comfortable. But I think, Tim, I think most guys like us who wrote for a living, I think that's what we do. I think we write it and we memorize it, don't you? Yeah, I think it's our responsibility to do that. And I can't believe I'm going to tell you all this. Robin Yao came up to me. He went to the speech, Tony. It wasn't in town, okay? It's about seven miles out of town. Right. Him and about nine other Hall of Fame players went to watch that speech, the speeches that day. Robin Yao came up to me and said, I can't believe you could do that. I can't believe anyone could do 16 minutes without looking down like that. So I have to explain, you know, you took a million ground balls in order to become a major league shortstop. I practiced this a million times in order to do this. So again, fortunately, as you know, Tony, if you get a laugh at the beginning, then you feel a little bit more comfortable. So I told the quick story when Johnny Bench called me the day I got uh, I won the award, and he congratulated me and all that. And then his voice got very soft while talking to me, and he said, Tim, it's moments like this that take you back to Little League. And I was just about ready to cry again, and he said, and let's face it, Tim, you could still fit into a Little League uniform. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that's great. Typical that's Johnny just, Bench. So people chuckled great. at that, and then I was on yeah. my way. Um, in the, in the writer's wing, in the place where you are, if it's called the writer's wing still, it may be something else, the media wing. Is there a plaque? Yeah, it's not actually a plaque, but it's something resembling a plaque and it's on the same wall with <laughs> Grantland Rice and, uh, <laughs> some of the greats of all time, uh, and Dan Shaughnessy and Jason Stark and Peter Gammons and all those guys, Shirley Povich. So, uh, I mean, Ring Lardner is in that grouping right there. Uh, again, who doesn't belong on that list? I will raise my hand there. But, uh, yeah, there's a writer section, 
and now mine my thing will stay up there alone for a year in the middle, and then when someone gets elected next year, mine will become miniaturized and put in that grouping, and the next winner will have it look that big for the next year. For a year. Did you bring a lot of people up with you? Did you have a, a coterie of people? Yeah, my entire family came, tons of friends came. Um, we had parties on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. I, I think we spent $1 billion in <laughs> fees to reserve rooms, drinks, dinner. We, we fed like the entire uh, hamlet of Cooperstown for three nights. It was unbelievable. But it was so good. It was so great. And my two brothers were there. And, of course, our children and my wife were there. So that, that made the whole experience absolutely the greatest, greatest weekend of my whole life. How many times would you say you've been to Cooperstown in your life? More than 10, right? Oh, at least 50 times. Yeah. So I, I used to go there all the time on the way to Stephen, Steve Jacobson and his wife, Anita, have a house in Vermont. And we used to go to Cooperstown because he always used to say, well, you know, Jake, for 50 years. I mean, Jake loves baseball. I mean, nobody loves baseball more than Steve Jacobson. And he would say, go to Cooperstown. He was the guy who first said to me, go to the Otisaga, take the kids to the Otisaga, make sure you go to Cooperstown. And we used to go, and I used to walk around the area. You could get a house for like 300 grand. You could go buy, and I don't mean to big time people when I say this, but most homes are more than $300,000. You can buy a house there. But then you, then you say, because I used to say, I buy a house. But you got to get there. And nine months of the year, you, you can't even get there. It snows so much. It's so cold. You must have thought, like I did occasionally, Tim, let's just buy a house here, right? You know, Dick Schaap, well, he bought it in, in Ithaca. But he bought a house a long time ago because he loved it and his kids went to Cornell. Right. Well, my wife grew up in Corning, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not far from here, so she understands the beauty of upstate New York. So she wants to buy a house here. And, of course, this town is just ludicrously charming. I mean, it's oh, just yes. ridiculous when people yes. walk down the street here for the first time. And this is what got me through this weekend, Tony, since this was supposedly all about me, which made me so uncomfortable. What I finally recognized a few weeks ago is a lot of people were coming here this weekend because they'd never been to Cooperstown before. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. became a classic, cliched, bucket list trip. And all sorts of friends of mine who'd never been to Cooperstown walked down Main Street, and it was like one of the great experiences of their lives. So anyone who hasn't been here you just need to be here. You just need to come here, and you don't even need to be a baseball fan to appreciate what this place offers. No, it's great. It's, it's absolutely great. So I'll get you out of here on this. Next year, the year after, the year after that, will you ever go back and go in and sneak a peek at yourself? Well, I'm coming back next year just so I can experience it without the terror inside me like there was this time next year i'm coming back and i'm bringing my golf clubs and i'm going to outdrive johnny bench on 13 <laughs> <laughs> and i'm going to have the greatest time because as wonderful as this was again 
three quarters of the of the weekend, I was petrified, and sure. I would sure. need to come back and enjoy it. I don't even need to go in and look at the writer's wing again because I've already looked at that. I just need to walk around the town, and the one thing that will be going through my head is, thank God, I don't have to speak this time. <laughs> Well, and also you, you'll have been driving through Binghamton, like because that's the route you take, right? The north south route. North south yes. route is eighty one, and then you get. Um, do you stay on eighty one all the way to Cooperstown, right? Yeah, or do you well, get on eighty four, eighty, and then, then to it 80. takes you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I'll be driving through Binghamton uh, sometime early more early uh, early afternoon today as we head home and. Uh, we will uh, bid a fond farewell to Cooperstown after just an unbelievable weekend. Much congratulations. Fabulous for you. Good for you. Talk to you soon. Okay, Tony. Thank you. Tim Kirchin. It's great. It was the same thing when Wilbon got in the basketball hall of fame. Sure. It's just it's wonderful beyond words. It is. It's just great. We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. He's got your emails and your notes. He'll read them for all you folks. Cause it's the mailbag. Yeah, it's the mailbag. If you drive a car, no Subaru. Thank you, Sean. That's wonderful. Najee, you want to do the Bethesda bagels? They have bagel sandwiches today. Fantastic. Very excited about that. Yeah. Michael will eat one. I hope so. Liz will eat one. I hope so. I'll be tough for me to the get captain. out with even hope one. Hope the captain can captain take one. The captain has no teeth. Well, I'll see what he can do the with it. The captain has no teeth. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That's just about it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say I'm going to raise a fuss. I'm going to raise a holler about working all summer just to try to earn a dollar. Every time I call my baby to try and get a date, my boss says, no dice, son, you got to work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm going to do, but there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. That was recorded by a million people. Eddie Cochran, I think, had the first yes, one. Yes, yes. Summertime blues. Fabulous, fabulous tune. Always struck me as the kind of tune that Roger Daltrey could do better than anybody in the world. Yeah. And I don't even know if they've done it. They did. Know. No, they, they did. did. They Summertime did. Blues. Yeah, they, they love playing it's that live. Yeah, it's one of the great yeah. songs. Yeah. Thanks to our guest today, Michael Wilbon, a Hall of Famer himself, and Hall of Famer Tim Kirchin. Thanks to today's sponsors, Freshly Solo Stove and Sunday. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. There's a heat wave everywhere. Go check out uh, johnnyo.com. Use TK, TKHAM3, uh, some lightweight performance gear, and some great swim uh, accessories. It's Outstanding. Hot. It's really hot. Boys tried <laughs> out their sun shirts yesterday. Really hot. From John Donnelly in Enfield, New Hampshire. 
Bootsy's lost tooth story brought back a painful memory from my childhood. As a youngster, I too swallowed a baby tooth and I too made a cardboard likeness of said tooth to slide under my pillow. The next morning, I awoke to find that the tooth fairy had left me cardboard quarters, nickels, and dimes. Hardly legal tender. I imagined I screamed, cardboard, at the top of my lungs in an unknowing homage to Jack Waltz. Costume. From Eric Robbins in Silver Spring, Maryland, years ago, the young son of a friend of mine had a sleepover with a bunch of his buddies. One of the kids lost a tooth that night in an effort to keep up appearances. Dan took it upon himself to take care of business. Unfortunately, the kid woke up surprised and wide-eyed as he was placing the money under the pillow. The next day, the kid went home and promptly conveyed a newfound revelation to his parents. Braden's dad was actually the tooth fairy. <laughs> From Jack in Alexandria, Virginia. Loved the interview with NASA scientist Noah Petro about the Webb telescope and the amazing new photos we're getting from outer space. However, shockingly, you failed to inquire if the new photos are revealing any new information about Uranus. <laughs> Do bring back Mr. Petro. He was very entertained. <laughs> um, from David Sp Sporl, I guess. Listening to the story of the Webb Telescope and the speed of light, I thought I'd share that the speed of light was discovered in Annapolis at the U.S. Naval Academy but by Albert Michelson when he was teaching there in the late 1870s. The science building is named for, and his papers and equipment are on display at the Academy. A good trip for Michael's boys when they're a bit older. USNA grad, Navy grad, and former math professor Dave Spor S P O R S P O E R L Spurl. Do you think? Sure. Spurl? Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know. Uh, from Rocky Rakovic, Webb Telescope, a million miles from Earth. Eat it, Hubble. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good, Rocky, in the spirit of this show. Dan Smith from Middleton. Oh, Idaho. Next time you have a NASA smart guy on the show, please ask him and let him know we understand the universe started 14 billion years ago and what made it. If there was nothing here, what made it? I'll hang up and listen. Also, stay away forever until we get an answer. What made it? P.S. What made it? <laughs> yeah. We'll try and get to that for you next time. From Jen Corpick in Cold Spring, Kentucky. I graduated from Campbell County High School in Campbell County, Kentucky, just outside Cincinnati. Our mascot was a camel, so it was only appropriate that our yearbook's name was the caravan. You're probably wondering why we were camels. Well, I've heard two stories, and they're both probably true. First, they liked the alliteration. And second, if you look at the state of Kentucky, we're located in the hump at the top of the state. P.S. Special shout out to fellow little Bob Gray from Prince Edward Island. I tracked him down after he read his email last February since I was traveling to PEI in July and was looking for some local recommendations. We met for breakfast while I was on the island. He couldn't have been nicer. Little's helping little. Isn't that lovely? From Brendan in Arlington. This weekend, I came in second at a USTA tournament in Olney. Um, off the back of this one result, I humbly request to be named the official men's 40 and over rec tennis player for the Tony Kornheiser show. Speaking of backs, I won't ask for an NIL deal, but if you throw me an X chair to heal my back after playing three matches in a day, I'll yell at cheesery instead of come on after every big point in future tournaments. I'm on the right on the attached picture. Oh, he's got a trophy. He's got a trophy. He says... The trophy is much bigger in real life. Just trust me on that. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Definitely so a one-handed backhand. No, it isn't. About European showers. I feel like I've used every kind of shower the UK has to offer. 
the old squatting wand, mm-hmm. six months straight in 1993. The iconically named power shower, too many times to count, but my favorite has to be the shower I encountered on a visit to Durham in the north of England. Michael, you've been to Durham, haven't you? Sure. I thought you played golf there. Many older British hotels are converted townhouses or larger Victorian homes. As such, original bathrooms are scarce and bathing facilities scarcer. So trying to keep up, many hoteliers have re- retrofitted toilets and showers into what used to be the sitting room or library and marketing it as ensuite. In this hotel room in Durham, there was what can only be described as a chamber built into one corner a few feet from the bed. It was covered in the same terrible wallpaper as the rest of the room. The slides did not reach the ceiling and there were no tiles around it, anything. The carpet ran right up to it. It was as if some tried to build a wardrobe, gave up, and settled on a shower. The fact you entered and exited this oddity next to a five-foot-high window with the flimsiest of net curtains only added to the experience from Tim Winkler. Just so wonderful. From Jeff Barger in Hillsborough, North Carolina. I know your fingers don't work anymore, but my teeth are rotting and I'm getting fat would be a great book title. (laughs) From Jason Colello in Toronto, Canada. I have exactly six blueberries every day at lunch for work. I don't like blueberries. I like blackberries. I like blueberries, and I like but six isn't a lot. From Alex Lau. I didn't run a mega race in Death Valley, but I walked outside today on a New York City summer day, which I assume is more or less the same thing. <laughs> I don't know what the name of my high school yearbook was. I could go over to my bookshelf. Yes, even though I'm a millennial, I have a bookshelf to double check. But like I said, I just walked outside on a New York City summer day. I'm going to assume it was just called the yearbook. <laughs> And from Seth Bischoff in New Paris, Ohio, he says this was on CBSSportsLine.com. He quotes it. Alabama continued its recruiting success for the 2023 class as four-star offensive, off, offensive tackle Olaus Allenin announced his commitment to the Crimson Tide live Friday on CBS Sports headquarters. Allen and chose Alabama and coach Nick Saban over a finalist list that included Miami, Georgia, Oregon, and Ohio State. The six foot six, 315 pound senior from the Loomis Chafee School <laughs> is the 118th overall prospect and number 17 offensive tackle in the top 247 rankings, in addition to being the number one recruit in the state of Connecticut. Do you think he wears a medium shirt? <laughs> Seth Bischoff ass. Got on your bike, time, everyone. Do wear white. Do you understand the concept of the tooth fairy? She takes a <laughs> then gives you a quarter.
beautiful.